0: on this edition of the Bellator Christie podcast we are joined by Melissa Palu as we discuss how we can keep the faith even when the church lets us down
1: Crucify, be the new man's gonna make it but the old man's
0: listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by BellatorChristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics while taking truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Billator Christie Podcast, and this is your host, yours truly, Brian Chilton. I want to remind you that the Billator Christie Podcast is a production of com. We do encourage you to go to the website, and while you're there, uh, subscribe. And that way, you'll receive all of the uh, articles and uh, links to the podcast as soon as they become available. Uh, the podcast is found on several different apps. Uh, now we're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and we just have been recently added to iHeartRadio. So you can find us there on iHeartRadio, which is, uh, according to what I've heard, is becoming the number one uh, podcasting app in the world. So at least that's what we've been told. I also want to uh, just to remind as a Mind, or just to let you know about a work that's coming out. I'm very excited about this and uh, just uh, want to take every uh, opportunity to just let you know about it as well. Uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, write a book called The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Uh, it'll be published through and Stock Publishers. Uh, that should be coming out sometime later this year or early 2020. I don't have a precise date on that, but just so you know, be looking for that. And uh, you can obviously catch more details here on the podcast. And you can also, I'll have more information on the website as it becomes available there as well. I want to rush through that so we can get to uh, our podcast today. We have a very good podcast in tap for you. Uh, In fact, we have a wonderful woman of God with us today. Uh, We we are joined today by Melissa Palou. Melissa is uh, the co-chapter director, community apologist, at uh, Ratio Christi at Winthrop University. Uh, she's the co host at uh, True Life Radio's, uh, or excuse me, True Life Fridays Radio. Uh, also, co host of Theology with the Paloos. Uh, she's part of the speaking team at Women in Apologetics and uh, the chapter director at Ratio Christi at York Technical College and uh, lives in Rock Hill, South Carolina, along with her husband uh, and, and family, uh, De- Devin and, uh, and, and her daughter. And so we are just grateful and thankful to have with us Melissa Palou today. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us on the Bellator Christie podcast. Well,
1: I'm thankful for you um, inviting me on, and thankful for your friendship uh, over the years, Pastor Brian.
0: Absolutely, and and you are truly you and Devin and and your entire family are truly blessings and and as I oh. mentioned before, you and your family are are incredible because you guys go to places that most Christians don't go. Uh, you you go to yeah. a, atheist conferences. You've gone to uh, uh, my mind's drawing a blank. The pagan conferences yeah. in Hickory, yes, and
1: reason uh, Con, yes. Um, which is an atheist conference every year that we attend and go to. And um, we are just happy to, to go there and to engage. Um, I, I think it's important for us to, to be a presence at these events so that we can um, share the truth of Christianity and that we can um, actually build connections and relationships. So that's, that's uh, a big part of our ministry
0: absolutely most certainly and you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, we were talking online and it, and it really it, it really saddened my heart to hear that, that you had been a victim of this as well and and we, we talked about this before the podcast in fact I've mm-hmm. I, we've had many conversations about this issue mm-hmm. and what we're talking about today is <laughs> keeping our Christianity uh, despite mm-hmm. being hurt by the church and mm-hmm. um it it seems like as we were mentioning before the podcast began that that a lot of people who go into atheism, a lot of people who have doubts pertaining to the faith, do so mm-hmm. because of some hurt that uh, they've experienced in the church. In fact, Gary mm-hmm. Habermas even said that he estimates somewhere between seventy to eighty percent of all doubt is is emotional based, and mm-hmm. I, I think I think he's right in that. So. Um, as we, as we talk about, you know, hurts, you know, um, h- how, how would you address that as an apologist?
1: I, th- I think, well, part of it, we, we have to not brush that objection off. And I think sometimes as apologists and those of us who are trying to think intellectually about the faith and that we can brush that off. Very easily, like, um, in terms of uh, we don't that's not a logical uh explanation for rejecting the faith, and and it's not, but sometimes we don't um deal with uh people's hurts and their their feelings and in that respect, and so I think. A, we can still lay a case out for the truth of Christianity from the reliability of the Bible, from the, um, the truth of the resurrection to uh, intelligent design and these sort of things. But we um, also don't have to disregard people's emotional hurts. That they're experiencing because of, uh, you know, the the negativity that they've received in the church. Yeah, so it's not. It's not. I don't think it's an either or uh, situation.
0: And I like the distinction that you made there between the objectivity of the faith and the mm-hmm. the emotional hurts that we have, and sometimes we tend to blend those things together. Uh, how are some mm-hmm. ways that this of, of keeping the two distinctions? How, how have they personally helped you when dealing with hurt from other Christians?
1: For me, um, and just through because I, I was not raised in a Christian environment, a Christian home. And so for me, um, when I came to faith, I I think I had an I- idealistic view that we, you know, Christians, you know, we just all just got along uh, <laughs> and that we all just agreed on everything. And we all just, um, it was happy-go-lucky kind of a relationship. And it was, you know, and that, that didn't wasn't the case in some, in some instances. Um, well, and I don't want to bash the, the, I think one of the things I, I don't want to bash the church cause there's enough church bashing, um, because I have, my family would not have survived, uh, the traumas that we've been through without the church. I mean, we went through unemployment and and being broke and no cars running and all sorts of things um, that we experienced. Um, miscarriage. All these things that people, that the, the church came inside of someone with us through. So, I don't want to make it seem like the church is just, you know, um, not helpful or anything like that. But I think at the same time that um, we do have to acknowledge that there, as people, and the the Bible talks about how we're fallen, right, and how we are um, and that's why we need the gospel. That's why we need. Christ because we are fallen and we don't um sometimes we don't uh live up to what the what the gospel standards are. Um and so in that case we still have to look at look to Christ. We have to look to him as our ultimate hope and joy. And so, um for for our family again we have been so blessed by the church in so many ways i just think sometimes that there are times when people don't feel loved by the church and they may walk they may um, consider that a reason to walk away and we we have to acknowledge that at least that we are not you know as, as imperfect followers of Christ we're not we're not perfect right we, we are through it the, the scripture talks about um, justification when we're saved um, we're justified by Christ and the sanctification process that goes on throughout our life and then ultimate glorification when we go on to be with Jesus um, after we are out of our earthly bodies and after we're safe, um, after we leave, um, the earth and die. But through the sanctification process, we're still being worked on and, and God's still changing our hearts. And so through that process, we may hurt people and we have to be real about that and not, um, I, I just think that we have to be honest about it and just say that we, yes, we, we are following. We're following human beings, and that it, that resonates with people, even wherever they are in life.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, and I think uh, m- many times we I, I, we do place. Christians on a, on a on a pedestal, you know, thinking that, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's interesting what you mentioned. You know, as you mentioned, you you hadn't been, you hadn't, uh, uh, you didn't grow up in a Christian home. You said, and and I, yeah. co- coming to the church, you know, expecting that unity, and I, and I think many Christians even come to the church hoping for, anticipating that unity, and you know. As mm-hmm. as a pastor, I've kind of seen this with pastors, that sometimes pastors are placed on a pedestal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I keep reminding people that I need to have a construction sign on my forehead saying God at work. I'm not anywhere where I yep. need to be, you know? yeah, <laughs> but I'm still a yeah. work in progress.
1: And, and, I, and I, you know, and being married to a, a, a pastor, well, he's not in a pastor position right now, but a reverend, you know, um, it is... Yeah, he has many downfalls. He, like we all, he's not perfect, and I can attest to that. And I'm sure that your wife can attest it to how you're not perfect.
0: <laughs> I, I was getting ready to say, yes, yeah, she would jump on the bandwagon on that one. <laughs> She'd let you know really quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so we we don't need to um, pretend that that's the case. And uh, but I think. What we have to do is, as believers, is, is acknowledge that yes, we're fallen, and that's that's why we need the gospel, right? We need the gospel to tell us, to show us that we're sinful, absolutely, and that we are imperfect, and that we um, mess up all the time. <laughs> absolutely, but yet we have we serve a perfect God, and. That's the beauty
0: of the gospel. Now, what, what do you do? Um, you know, f- for for people who have been who've been hurt, and obviously that hurt is real. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I know that there are several people who um, may have experienced some hurt in church and, and may find it difficult to to go to church for a while. What, what do? You, mm-hmm. What would you say? To people who have um, experienced some hurt like that, what what would you do to? How would you encourage such a one like that?
1: Well, I, I would I would say to that person that again, this is why we need. I, I point to the gospel. I point to Jesus. I point to the perfect Savior who um, did no wrong and was sinless and yet died for us sinful people and how his love perfects is perfect and how we're not perfect and so it's a beautiful testimony to show that even with people who are um, in in the church and believers that we we need and we serve a god who walked amongst, you know, everyday people like us and that he actually gave his life for people like us. And not just for, you know, I think sometimes we think about, I, I think we think about the gospel as in terms of, it's for the drug addicts, for the prostitute, it's for... These people who are homeless and on the streets. No, all of us, you know, everyday people, and and sometimes and, and the everyday people are the ones sometimes who are harder to reach with a gospel message because we think we're okay, um, all good. We're all good. We're okay. We we got our houses and our um, we're, we're just fine in a general sense and it's not okay we're not okay spiritually because our hearts need to be transformed with the truth of who Christ is and we need to depend fully on him and so I think that that's a very uh, a message that we need to communicate more to people that the Gospel is not just for the person that's um, down and 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 poor and weak and needy, but the Gospel's for all of us Absolutely. because we all need we all need a savior we all our hearts are far from him, and so we need him to draw us close close into. So, and it's, um, it just becomes, a po- we have to come to a point where we are broken. All of us have to be broken ultimately. And we have to, to realize that we're not, um, we're not okay. That we're not just living life and we're just doing life okay. And, and that we, we have to come to a point where we're broken. And so that's what Christ does. He breaks us, and He makes us see that our need is in Him alone, the perfect, the perfect Savior.
0: I, I like the parallel you draw, you brought there, because cause, you know a lot of times I've heard that uh, it's said, and I believe there's some truth to it that sometimes God has to place us on our backs before we before we look up. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that you know there may be individuals out there that they've lived what they consider to be a fairly good life, and they think it's good enough. But mm-hmm. but the reality, when we come to church and when we come to uh, just as a, as a general world view, realizing that we're all broken before a mm-hmm. holy God, that we all are in need of a Savior, then I, I think that Absolutely. drastically changes our perspective and how we view everything from the church to. Uh, our own worth before him i mean yeah I mean obviously yeah, he absolutely. loves us but but yeah we're yeah. all we're all in need of a savior,
1: mhm absolutely i think I think we um sometimes we think that we have something um good to offer and and these sort of things, and it's like no he he offers us everything, he offers us love and and he did it all on the cross i mean the gospel is that we were we're all sinners right we're all broken we're all sinners and that we cannot save ourselves and that jesus christ died for us and paid the penalty through his sinless life he he gave us everything that we needed um and he restored us and redeemed us if we if we accept that his gift of eternal life
0: absolutely, but
1: um many times we i think we do think that we have something to offer and and we really don't um he he offers us everything, and so that's kind of the uh the the humbling thing about about Christianity. It it people um sometimes when we look at religion in general, there is this workspace mentality of what can we do and how can we serve God and you know, these sort of things. But no, we don't have anything to offer him. He gave everything on the cross for us. That's a perfect sacrifice, and so um that's that's just the beauty of of the God that we serve, that he did it all, and that we don't have to earn anything um but that he loves us unconditionally, and we just have to surrender to that,
0: and that's one thing I believe that separates Christianity from every other worldview. that that I know of in the world. I mean, if there's there's one Mm that this isn't the case, I I don't know of it. But one of the big distinguishing Mm -hmm. factors is that every other worldview has a work-based system Mm -hmm. where you work your way up to God. Only Christianity shows where God reached down to us. And and what a powerful truth that is.
1: Yes. And so, you know, even when we, um, you know, just going back to our original topic of how as Christians we still – Get things wrong, you know, we still hurt each other and hurt people um, that is a reality because and we that we can acknowledge um but God is still jesus is Jesus is perfect, mm-hmm. and so we as we keep our eyes focused on him, then we are going to be um Okay, um, and and when we get our eyes focused off of him and on the hurt of people and and how they um, how they how they may hurt us, we um, we can get deterred from it. It's a good deterrent from Jesus, and and um, and there's a real, you know, there's a real enemy. There's a real enemy, um, Satan, who wants to get our minds off of Christ mm. at, at all cost. And so as we um don't when we're not focused on Jesus, he he wins. And so we we have to stay focused on him and and love and just stay in his you know the things it, it's interesting because I think about um, you know as I'm studying theology and and historical theology and all um, these things. I don't. Sometimes I, I realize that I've got to stay focused on the scriptures, you know, mm-hmm. and that's 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 the the bulletproof test of. How we're gonna stay connected to Christ is, is being in his word. Amen. And and being in prayer and connection with him every day and, and in prayer and these sort of things. So um these things are self. So um just just to be just, just those those disciplines that we um those 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 primary disciplines that we learn you know, we we first became believers. You know that we've gotta be in His Word, memorizing scriptures. Um, you know, these sort of things are so important in, as we walk with Christ, and because there are there's gonna be hurts in the body of Christ, and we're gonna be hurt by other people, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna be discouraged and. I think what happens many times is we see um, people who fall from grace. Or, or when I say, and I don't mean fall from grace in terms of fall from vice versa, but we see people that fall, mm. um, public figures who fall, and we get discouraged. And so those are the things that are going to keep us focused on Christ always is the scriptures Prayer, devotions, family devotions—these sort of things that our families need to be focused on. Absolutely, every day.
0: Well, I have a couple questions in uh, in in uh, but b- before before we get into our time together. Sure. One of the questions I have is is um, of of the unbelievers that you have encountered in um, maybe both at the uh, at Ratio Christi, or maybe even at these conferences where you attend, if if you were mm-hmm. to put a ballpark figure, how how many of atheists that you have encountered or unbelievers that you've encountered have have previously been Christians who have who have left the faith because of some type of hurt that they've experienced?
1: Um, it, it's a it's a large number in it. Um, I, I don't, I can't maybe put a precise number on it, but um. Now, for some people, they can use things as a deflection and as a reason right um, and but there are legitimate reason people that are hurt by the church and these sort of things um, and and but what we see a lot of times you know Brian, as i think you seen as well is that they just there's no objective grounding, and so there's no. Um, they don't understand why Christianity is true. They they have a feeling, um, or they felt um, a tug, but they don't. They don't understand the truth of Christianity and why it's objectively true. And there's so many reasons to show that it is. And and so that's a lot of what we see. Um, although, like again, we do see. I mean, I, I've seen, um, you know, on the college campus, even um, young people who whose parents have, you know, walked away from the faith or have, have hurt them um, and, or left the family and these sort of things. And that has negatively impacted their view of Christianity. So these are some of the, the real... Obstacles that we're facing um, on, a, on a daily basis.
0: Do Do you think that? Um, and this is this is something I've kind of wondered about myself. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the prosperity gospel, the influence of the prosperity gospel, uh, I mean, a- along with obviously the yeah. uh, the apologetics aspect, the objectivity aspect, but do you think that maybe yeah. the uh, prosperity gospel has had an influence? In 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 this thinking as well, where people yeah. think that, that yeah, if they come to Christ, everything's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The view that God, when you become a Christian, that life is going to be perfect and that you're going to prosper, you know, whatever that means, um, in every way, you know, whether it's financially and physically and these sort of things, um, it's... Yeah, that, that is a very, um, it's very lucrative, and it's very, for these preachers who preach that, um, it, they become, uh, they get, um, massive amounts of followers and massive amounts of, of money to, to, to speak those, speak that, um, I'm just, I'm thinking about, um, my friend right now, Stephanie. I don't know. Do you know Stephanie, uh, Kimber?
0: Yeah, I've been um, following her on Facebook. Uh, with... So
1: Stephanie is my. She actually helped us get started on, and we would not be on campus if it were not for Stephanie. She. Um,
0: no, I, I didn't know she that. She got us
1: going. Yeah, she was our our coach on group, and initially went to university, university. Um, and she is. Been very involved in apologetics ministry, and these sort of things. Um, and then she stepped down uh, during the, the they adopted um, her and her husband adopted a little boy um, who is five years old now. And um, Stephanie is battling ovarian cancer and was just told by her doctor that she has like six months to live. Mm and so i think about people like stephanie who you know th- they have a heart for the lord and there's no we, there's no um uh, there's i just it's so personal to me and so it's like,
0: oh no, it's i'm so
1: sorry i'm a little bit lost lots of words but um we don't know how our going to end we we're praying for a miracle at this point um but who serves the lord regardless and and is speaking life and 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 is preach, you know still evangelizing and, and doing the work that god's called her to do um so these things people like that inspire me not people that just say oh well i'm a christian and i'm I just, I'm rich and I just have millions of dollars and these sort of things, you know. Those people, um, and and God can bless you in that way, but the the folks who are suffering um, and who still pursue Jesus, to me, it just means so much to me, you know, and it's such an encouragement.
0: Absolutely, and, and there's something that, uh, as, as I was uh, looking through some material, there was something that Augustine said that really spoke to me as well as, as we were talking about church hurts, we were talking about mm-hmm. the difficulties we find often in church. One mm-hmm. thing one thing that resonated with me is what, from what Augustine said is that he noted that sometimes even in the church there may be, and of course only God knows a person's heart, but even in the church yeah. there may be, Unbelievers who claim to be Christians. I mean, Jesus even warned us that this was going right, to happen. Right. Right. And so, and
1: I think we didn't. Yeah, we didn't maybe touch on that, but because there, there, I mean, the Bible talks about the wheat and the tears, right? Right. He, he talks about um, how the scriptures talk about how in the end times God is going to separate the wheat from the tears, and so we can't assume that everyone who is you know, the claiming them Christ. Right. Surprised. And so um, that, that happens as well. So we get hurt by those people who are just kind of planted themselves um, in the body. Right. But they're not
0: of the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Melissa, how are things going with the apologetics ministry? How are things going at uh, with Winthrop University, uh, with, Ratio, with Ratio Christi, and also at York uh, Technical College?
1: Things are, are moving forward, and we actually are working towards starting another chapter as well at Clint College, which is a historically Black college university. Um, there is they don't have any apologetics ministry there, and but, so we're, we're working towards that.
0: That's um, fantastic.
1: They can you know people contact me, Mr. Clue, Mr. Um, and just find out what we're doing and and follow us, you know, through social media and these sort of things. Um, I'm just really, um, it's amazing what God's doing. Um, I'm amazed that God has called us to to this and the the things, the doors that he's opened.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Melissa, it's always a privilege and pleasure to have you with us on the podcast. And the door is always open. Anytime you want to record a podcast, you are more than welcome anytime. And the same goes okay. for you and Devin both. And even Absolutely. the Muffin, if she wants to come on, she's welcome too. <laughs> I don't know
1: about she, Yeah, we'll see about that one bit. <laughs> um, thank you, Brian, for having
0: us. Absolutely. And from Melissa okay. Palou, this is Brian Chilton. Remember uh, the, uh, the truths that we talked about before. If you have experienced hurt in the church, remember the objective truth of Christianity. That uh, And that's what is most important, that I'm no, matter, no matter what happens, no matter the hurts we experience, Christ is still risen, He is still Lord, and He has He has a plan for all of us. So that's the most important thing. So once again, from Melissa Blue, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie Podcast and bellatorchristi.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today, and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Are you interested in apologetics, but don't have the time and resources to go to seminary or Bible college? Do you often feel that apologetic materials are academic, weighty, and difficult to comprehend? If that describes you, then the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, Bridging the Ivory Tower to the Everyday Christian, is for you. My driving force in writing this first book of mine is both a passion for apologetics and compassion for the laity of the church. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics engages a broad swath of apologetic material, but does so in a way that everyone can relate by the inclusion of personal stories, anecdotes, and down-home humor. So whether you desire training in apologetics, or whether you want a one-stop resource, be sure to pick up your copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Stay tuned for further information concerning the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics by logging on to bellatorchristy.com or by listening to the Bellator Christi podcast. We'll have more information as it becomes available. Stay tuned for the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, coming to bookstores everywhere very soon. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christian Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristi.com and the Bellator Christi Podcast.